up before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show, and today we have Leonora Cravota on the show. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. So uh, um, later in the show, you're going to talk to us about your latest article. Uh, I think it's about Barbie. Barbie. All right. So we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. Um, uh, well, you know, when you have uh, the, the kind of thing that's happening with Hunter Biden these days, you're going to also have a Trump indictment. It's always like one and then the other. But, you know, it's the Bidens that are at the center of everything. Because the Trumps, the Trumps have been just running their business. They actually are in the real estate business. Biden is in a selling out America business. There's a big difference. It's and a if huge you look at, difference. And if you look at the bottom line between, you know, how much the Clintons have made after office and, and the the Obamas and the uh, you know and how much Biden has made, or Senator Feinstein, or all of these different, um, uh, even Mitch McConnell, uh, they've all made out like bandits. And so we have an, a lot of audio clips today um, that we're going to be talking about. A couple of the topics today: gender affirming care. There was a committee hearing about that. We know that there was a committee hearing about the UFOs, and they don't call them UFOs anymore. They, some sort of an unidentified uh, alien, uh, whatever, right? Um, I don't know what it is. They're but called U. They're called UAPs. That's what I thought. UAPs. Unidentified alien propellants. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Because and the reason and the reason for that is they are not necessarily all in the air. They might be in the water. Unidentified anomalous phenomena. That's what oh, it there is. It is. Okay. We got it completely alien, wrong. <laughs> alien. I told you, folks, when you want to listen to paranormal or when you want to get into UFOs, go to a different show because this is not. <laughs> no, the show I seriously did not know this until the other day because somebody <laughs> well, who I work again, with, what is it's that? unidentified anomalous phenomena. 
Anomalous phenomenon. No, wow, and okay. I didn't know this until the other day because somebody who I work with went to the hearing and he told me that it's that they're no longer called UFOs. And that's Holy where I learned cow. that. And just as we Anomalous were speaking, phenomena. I looked it up. Yeah, I didn't remember what the UAP stood for. Un- yeah. So let me repeat it one more I time. What, Unidentified it's, it's, anomalous phenomena. See, and I said aerial propellant. And then, but that <laughs> or compl- alien propellant. But but anything yeah. propelling or anything, uh, you said aerial. That, no, no, I didn't mean aerial. That doesn't broaden. That didn't I meant bro- to say alien. Alien yeah. propellant. Okay. It doesn't uh, broaden the definition because it could be underwater. Well, we're not talking about that subject. <laughs> All right, but, but we talked enough about something we're not talking about. <laughs> right. We're, we are going to be talking about gender-affirming care. It's, it's gross. It's a atrocious um and and it's part of the globalist agenda so this is what we're going to do we're going to talk about hunter biden we're going to talk about you know this whole gender affirming care thing and then we're also going to talk about globalism and what that's about obviously we talk about globalism like all the time Mm -hmm. but that's really what this show is about we are an anti-globalist show. We think that the election is framed around whether you're a globalist or an anti-globalist. And I would dictate, I would actually determine or suggest that JFK or RFK Jr. and Trump are anti-globalists and that the DeSantis and... Uh, who might be into swinging, by the way. There, there's a story floating around um, that uh, his handlers, um, the Waltz, Walt, Walt, Waltzins, uh, that manage his campaign, are swingers. So that's kind of a different thing, you know. And there's a lot. I... Of, it's trending. It's trending. It's there hurting lot... his campaign. Yeah, well, and I can imagine it's hurting his campaign. Yeah. Yeah, because he's fired some people and he's hired he's some people. He's fired about 30 people. Yeah, and these were big mega donors to his campaign. And there's pictures of them doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So it, it is what it is. But uh, in any case, uh, but DeSantis and Biden are also globalists. They're globalists. They, they're beholden to the... Global corporate partnership, you know, the corporate money that's involved with making people like Paul Ryan and Mitt, Mitt uh, Romney rich. So anyway, we're going to get into uh, the globalist aspect of things. And uh, we're going to start, though, with um, remember we were talking about Mitch McConnell having that freeze up and he basically had, I think, a mini stroke. Yeah, uh, and then he later also, that day he was working because they worked into the night on, uh-huh. at this on the Senate floor, and everybody's sort of covering up for him. Like he's strong, he's stronger than Ox, stronger, stronger than ever. He also fell after a recent flight, and the, I think it was on July 14th that he fell. And the incident with the mini stroke was after that. Yeah, I just don't think that these um, senators should be just like Joe Biden has no business near the White House. He can't complete a sentence. The guy is. Being, you know, we're, our government is being run by its handlers. So, of course, you know, the people, Mitch McConnell stands up there and doesn't even know what he's saying. But then somebody else comes in and tells him what he should be saying. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing is true with Bi- Biden. Biden says, I'll get in trouble if I call this reporter. Better call that reporter. I'm going to go off script for a second. And then he starts talking jumble. 
because he's not reading. And even when he reads a prompter, it's it's all a mess. He's reading the prompts of the prompter. Yeah. You know, made by Phillips. <laughs> oh yeah. no, that's the machine. You yeah. Know, um, <laughs> so it's sort of like who's running the government? Yeah. And we always said, you know, it's people over at the Atlantic Council, the Brookings Institution. Um, all of these think tanks in Washington, D.C. are basically telling the people that work for Biden what the agenda is. And then they're basically giving him the script, and he is just a, a vessel, if you will. But Dianne Feinstein had one of these moments. She's 90 years old. Dianne Feinstein told to just say, I, by her overlords, this is who decides what, where taxpayer dollars are allocated. And, and finally, you know, it's just we're, we're paying these salaries and we're wondering what we're getting in return. These people are casting votes that are directly affecting your life. And at some point we have to question, are you ready to do this job? You know, like uh, Harriet Hagman from Wyoming, just a rock star. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is so good. Compared to Liz Cheney, who is compromised by globalist money. But here's this encounter of Dianne Feinstein. So they're calling a roll on a quorum where you're just supposed to say I or not. And she was handed a piece of paper to be told to say I. And she starts reading the paper. Senator Feinstein. Listen. Um, say I. Say aye. 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 Yeah. Uh, to say. I, I would like to support a yes vote on this. Um, it provides $823 billion. That's an increase of $26 billion for the Department of Defense. And it funds priorities submitted. Yeah, just say aye. Okay. Just... I mean, that's not funny. It's not funny, and it's also kind of demeaning. Well, I guess. Yeah, yeah no, but. no, it is. It is because you're you're being publicly coached by your underlings, and whether you agree with her politically or not, I I don't think the whole thing is right. Uh, I also, you know, to the point you just made, it's evident that she doesn't have the wherewithal to carry all uh, off of all carry out all of her responsibilities. Well, how did she get elected? Well, she got elected years ago. Yeah, but I mean, she's supposed to run for re-election. I know, I know, but sometimes she gets this rubber stamp. It's rubber stamped. There's no way this woman can campaign, right? I mean, there's no way she's not campaigning. No, and not only that, but how many more years? I think she's got four more years. You got to be kidding me! That's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. So yesterday we talked a little bit about the Hunter Biden case, and well, a lot about just a little bit, and. You know, one of the questions I raised that I hadn't heard anybody talk about was whether or not this dude would get pardoned. Hunter. Yeah. And, you know, the crackhead. And uh, here's the answer. Because apparently someone did ask the question at the White House press briefing. Okay. Hey, go back to the first question of the briefing. I know you said not a lot's changed since yesterday and that it's a personal matter, but from a presidential perspective, is there any possibility that the president would end up pardoning his son? No. Okay. So the answer is no to that, but 
<laughs> things change and things change. And Biden has flip flopped on just about every every campaign message that he said. He's pretty much doubled down on. He said uh, that that they weren't going to stop drilling for oil, and then he yeah. said they were, yeah. and then now they are. But he was all over the place, depending on what audience he was talking to, and that's just uh, horrible. And it's also not a personal matter. For her to say that is inaccurate. For KJP to say that is inaccurate because it implicates Biden. It doesn't just implicate Hunter. No, she had to answer it because it was a White House question. Yeah. Um, a presidential question. No, I know she had to answer it, but to say it's a personal matter is not true. But it, so, it's the talking point oh, she was yeah, given. No, that, that, yeah. By the way, it's personal. It's it's not a personal. It's he's not a private citizen he when he gets an eight car caravan to the courthouse. You know that's he's getting a lot of Secret Service detail, and that's because people hate the Bidens so much that they're probably under threat. Um, because there are a lot of people in this world that don't want to see their country go down in flames. And it's obvious that the Biden crime family's number one business was selling out America. That's what it was. I mean, simple as that. And now we're finding out that he's had offshore accounts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not surprised when I heard that one. Yeah. And also, um, legal watchdogs say that there should have been a signed plea agreement going into the Hunter Biden hearing and that it it's weird that there was there wasn't any and that surfaced so that was according to Paul Sperry's research and investigation and right on cue, he says, one day after Hunter's sweetheart deal blows up, special counsel Jack Smith marches grand grand jury back into courtroom for possible indictment of uh, Trump reportedly including obstruction of congressional proceeding, which means Smith is doing the bidding of J6 committee Democrats. Well, and more and more video is coming out showing that J6 was nothing but a, uh, a you know, an infiltration by the FBI. Mm-hmm. And that so many people have said there was way more FBI personnel there than anybody's ever let on. And, uh, you know, that's just news that uh, from a whistleblower that happens to be a guy that actually works for Nancy Pelosi and said that, that there was more feds than he's mm-hmm. ever seen mm-hmm. in, in, integrated into that crowd. And that's been underreported. Um, so let's go ahead and take a listen to this part where there is uh, uh, offshore accounts. And this was part of Jesse's uh, Jesse's open yesterday. We're not going to play the whole thing. It's way too long. But uh, rest assured that there's a lot of there there. So let's take a listen to this. Has just discovered that the Biden family, possibly Joe Biden himself, has offshore bank accounts. Here's James Comer. With Joe, I suspect there are offshore accounts. The IRS whistleblowers confirmed when I asked if they had documents pertaining to foreign accounts, and they said they did. Wow. But they couldn't turn them over to us. They have to go through that process and turn it over to the Ways and Means Committee, and I requested they do that, and they said they would. 
let that sink in. IRS whistleblowers have indicated that they have documents suggesting that the Biden family, possibly Joe Biden himself, are hiding money offshore. These IRS whistleblowers have been asked to produce the documents relating to Biden's offshore bank accounts, relating to the House and Means Committee. Now, these documents can't go to Comer. They have to go to House Ways and Means because they're the only committee permitted to see it. Sources tell Primetime they have not seen the documents yet, but when they do, it goes through a vote and then the documents will be released. So put this into perspective. Mitt Romney was eviscerated for having offshore bank accounts in the 2012 election. He disclosed them. He took a hit, period. But Mitt Romney ran Bain Capital, an international leverage buyout shop with a worldwide clientele in finance. Joe Biden bragged for decades that he was the poorest man in the Senate. Joe Biden's never had a job in the private sector. Number one, why would Joe Biden receive money through shell companies from his son? And why would Joe Biden have an offshore bank account? We're talking about pay your fair share. Amtrak Joe, the kid from Scranton, has foreign bank accounts. That doesn't seem like the kind of thing that good old Uncle Joe Biden would have had going on. And why would any Biden family members have offshore bank accounts? And how did the prosecutor in Delaware not touch that? Well, because he didn't touch the laptop or the $10 million bribe document either. Or serve a single search warrant or interview a single member of the Biden family. Of course, he didn't touch the offshore accounts. Is this where they're holding 10 for the big guy? Is this the offshore account? Jimmy Biden's maybe, the brother? Or do they keep the offshore bank account in the name of the granddaughter? You remember the granddaughter who was just a phenomenal international business consultant that was getting paid by the Chinese, Ukrainians, and the Romanians. Might explain why Biden's Department of Justice and Hunter's legal team tried so hard to push through this sleazy plea deal that gave Hunter immunity for every crime he committed for six years. They want the plea deal papered because once you start zeroing in on foreign Foreign bank accounts, foreign lobbying, foreign agents, foreign business partners, foreign policy, foreign deals. That's fertile ground for impeachment. That's when you get into conspiracy, money laundering, even treason. And that's why this looks more and more like a bribery ring. Remember, bribery is named specifically as an impeachable offense in the Constitution. It's not quid pro quo like they try to get Trump for This is why the plea deal was a containment operation. That's why most of the deal wasn't written down. Democrats, better than anybody, understand politics. And the politics are moving from a Hunter problem to a Joe problem. And when it's a Joe problem, it becomes their problem. So the media is ignoring all of the facts of the case. And they're framing this politically poisonous scandal as Republicans are criminalizing love. They are going to try to indict a father for loving his son who has been addicted to drugs and or alcohol and without evidence of the father doing anything other than loving that son. He has a son who clearly has a drug addiction and that's why he was offered a diversion program. But it shows that no one's above the law and so he's he's pleading guilty, but that still isn't enough for the Republican. I plead Not guilty, Your Honor. I love crack. May the court have mercy on me. They teach that in law school, right? The crack cocaine defense? Well, I'm not paying my taxes this year. I'm just going to hit the pipe. They're even saying, who cares if the president's son can commit crimes 
we'd go to jail for. He's the president's son. He can do whatever he wants. Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, who was a former crack addict. Let's just call it what it is. Yes, he was on crack. He's not going to jail, ladies and gentlemen. The Republicans in the House want to be in an uproar. They want to be apoplectic because, my God, preferential treatment was according to the son of the president of the United States of America. Why the hell wouldn't preferential treatment be accorded to the son of the president of the United States? If I'm the commander in chief, I'm in charge of law enforcement throughout the country. Why wouldn't I have an inside track? I agree with Stephen A. The president's going to try to keep his son out of trouble. I get it. But that's not the point. The president is trying to keep himself out of trouble. Biden made his son the fall guy. His son should have been in rehab, but his father's flying him all over the world in Air Force Two, so he gets greased by foreign agents so he can put it in the family bank account. And one of those family bank accounts could be offshore. Is that why the Ukrainians said it'd take 10 years to find Joe's 10 million? Maybe. So Biden might love his son, but this is more than about love. This is about political survival. Hunter has to get the sleazy immunity deal because if he doesn't, and this investigation continues, Joe Biden's going to get impeached if you follow the money. That's why this wasn't a plea deal at all. It was a full pardon attempt. The deal broke every sentencing guideline on the books. No wonder Hunter walked into court with a smile on his face. According to the New York Times, he even shook the hands of the prosecutors who spent five years investigating him. What defendant reaches across the table and shakes the hands with the prosecution? Now, primetime got our hands on the court hearing transcript. This judge, Mary Ellen Norica, who, by the way, is donated to Republicans and Democrats and whose appointment was signed off by both Democrat senators in Delaware, was shocked when she probed the plea deal. This judge asked the prosecutors five times if there was any precedent here for a plea deal that gave Hunter full immunity from any charges in his past or arising from any investigation going forward. And the Delaware prosecutor said, quote, No, Your Honor, this was crafted to suit the facts and circumstances. Ah, yes, the circumstances. The circumstances being that his father could end up in prison too. What stunned the judge even more was that the defense and the prosecution hid the details of the deal from her. Quote, I don't understand how you have an agreement not to pursue other charges in the case, the misdemeanor case, and you say that is not part of his plea agreement. And you won't believe the prosecutor's answer. Because the plea agreement does not include that. Hunter's legal team was afraid that if Trump was elected in 2024, he'd charge Hunter Biden. So they wrote into this deal, only this judge could charge Hunter Biden. And the judge looks at the prosecutor and Hunter and says, I can't prosecute people. I'm the judge. This is like in football when they run a trick play, they get sniffed out and they turn the ball over. The judge ordered Hunter to get a job and knock off the drugs and alcohol. No wonder Hunter stormed out of the court angry. Daddy, you said this was going to work out. I was sitting about 20 feet behind the president's son in the courtroom yesterday. As the deal unraveled, Hunter Biden appeared increasingly upset. 
Axios is reporting that Hunter's whole legal team was, quote, fuming after the hearing. One of Hunter's lawyers compared the judge to the O.J. judge. Remember Lance Ito for losing control of the courtroom? But NBC News' takeaway from the plea deal catastrophe was this. Joe Biden's innocent. Federal prosecutors in that hearing yesterday saying that their investigation continues. Now, it is important to keep in mind while Republicans believe that there is a tie between Hunter Biden's business dealings and the president himself, they have yet to provide any hard evidence. The only way anybody can say that there's no evidence is if they haven't looked at the evidence. So if you never look at the laptop, listen to the whistleblowers, read the FBI informant document and listen to Joe's voicemail to his son, then yeah, there's definitely no evidence that Joe Biden helped Hunter Biden's business. When you read the email from Hunter saying the only reason China and Ukraine are paying me is because they want access to my dad, you can consider that hard evidence. But if you don't read that, you're right, there's none. If you don't acknowledge that Joe Biden flew his son to China on Air Force Two or acknowledge that Hunter took business partners to the White House when Biden was president a hundred times or acknowledge that Hunter put his dad on the phone with his business partner dozens of times or acknowledge that Hunter set up meetings, lunches and dinners with his business partners, his dad dozens of times or acknowledge all of the pictures with his son's business partners, or read the emails saying Hunter's paying for Joe's monthly expenses with dirty bribes, then yeah, yeah, you're right. Joe's totally clean. So I'm waiting to see what Democrats are going to say when Hunter's business partner, Devin Archer, testifies, and when James Comer releases more bank records showing more dirty money, and when whistleblowers turn over more documents to Congress showing the Biden family, maybe Joe himself had an offshore bank account. This media is guilty of voter suppression, but in this election, it's not going to stick. Wow. (laughs) I I I ended up playing the whole thing, but uh, that's because it was so good. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall during this uh, hearing because uh, the judge really called them out for everything. I mean, the idea that they were trying to get immunity for everything, for Hunter, for all posterity, was it, it was insane. I mean, and and you know the fact that the judge had to sit there and ask multiple times what's in the deal, right? You know, just shows how finely it was made and how limited uh, and how easily it could crumble, which it did. So this Will Sharp says, based on conversations with people who were in the courtroom, uh, his. And his experience um, as a former federal prosecutor, he thought he knew the full story of what happened with the Hunter Biden plea agreement blow up this morning. So, uh, yes, two two mornings ago, I guess. Bear with me, he says here, because this is a little complicated. Typically, the government is offering to a defendant that it will either drop charges or decline to bring new charges in return for the defendant's guilty plea. Then they get into these criminal procedures, but the judge had full authority. There's a question as to whether or not the judge was within our authority to make the uh, make the decisions that she made, and she does have that. That gets into the weeds legally. I'm mm-hmm. not going to bother with that. So Paul Sperry writes, yes, the Bidens are the biggest crooks to ever occupy the White House. And yes, it's worse than Nixon because Nixon wasn't trying to use his power to enrich himself and shake down foreign countries, including a communist state for bribes potentially comprising national security. It's worse than that. And uh, 
I actually think that Watergate was a Democratic hit job against a very popular Republican president. And I think that the same playbook was used in the Russian hoax by the same person that was on the Watergate Commission, Hillary Clinton. So I think that there's definitely a connection between these tactics uh, because when you have presidents like Nixon or Reagan or uh, Trump, they're not insured presidents. They're not run and controlled by the power elite in Washington. They're controlled by you, the voter, the American people. And anytime you there is a shift in power to the people, the people within the beltway of and the wheels of government don't like that because they can't get away with their own agenda. Mm-hmm. They have to answer to you. Yeah. And uh, that's why in our opening of this show, it says we're not merely transferring power from one party to another. We are transferring power from Washington back to you, the people. That's why that stays in there. That's why I put it in there. So um, there's another story of, by Real Clear Investigations, Fed's foreign corruption double standard. They protect Biden's even as they bore down on the Trump world. And then there's just all kinds of Chinese connections. All right, so we also want to talk about impeachment um, because we talked about pardons, we're going to talk about impeachment. And Kevin Kevin McCarthy, Speaker McCarthy, was asked a question about his comments about opening up an impeachment inquiry. And they were saying, so you're going to go ahead and impeach the president. I think there's 10 times, 10,000 times more to impeach Biden on than uh, there ever was with Trump. Absolutely. Trump was nothing. But let's take a listen to this audio clip from McCarthy exchanging with a press conference, you know, a standing press conference. Okay, so you're, you're claiming that I said we're going to impeach the president. I floated the idea of impeachment. Okay, so you're wrong. So if you record, go back and watch. I said impeachment inquiry. There is a big difference. And let me explain it because maybe not everybody understands it. What impeachment inquiry does when you vote on the floor, it gives you the apex of power of Congress. Okay? And just walk through what? We have two whistleblowers from the IRS claiming the Biden family were treated differently, that David Weiss let the statute of limitations run out. The basic rule of thumb in any case, when you're getting the statute of limitations coming up within six months, you get an extension based upon the individuals. They said the Bidens were willing to do that. They should do that now. We have an individual that we now found went to the FBI a number of years ago claiming that they bribed the president and said you couldn't find the money because all the shell companies, it's the 1023. We found that when then Attorney General Barr found it, that he sent it to the Pennsylvania um, justice and they said there's more to it. When does an attorney out-investigate the FBI? We then found that the president, Biden, while running for office, made a couple claims. He first looked the public in the eye and said, I've never spoken to my son about any business dealings. He said, my family has not taken one dime from China. In part of this investigation, we found that when the vice president became vice president, his family created 20 shell companies. 
Kind of like what the 1023 said would happen. We found that 16 of the 17 payments from Romania came to the president while he was vice president. We now found that money did come from China, differently said. We've now found the president has changed what he said, but we have a real question about David Weiss and the attorney general and the other six people in the meeting. It's contradictive based upon what the IRS agents said and asked questions and took notes from the meetings and emailed everybody about those notes. Now, if you're any member of Congress, this is not saying impeachment. This is not anything but we need to investigate. And what happens, like you watched the situation yesterday, where the federal government says there's still an investigation of the Bidens. Well, the only way you'll be able to get information that way is to have the strength to be able to get the documents you need. I was concerned when asked a question that I haven't seen an administration act this way at the same time as Nixon did by withholding information. If, we do not, if they do not provide the information we need, then we would go to an impeachment inquiry. Impeachment inquiry. Which simply is an investigation and providing Congress the power to do that investigation. So I'm glad you asked the question that I could clarify that you misinterpreted and misstated. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's basically saying, give us the information or we're going to open up an impeachment inquiry mm -hmm. yeah. so that we'll have the tools to get the information. One way or the other, we're going to get it. So why don't you just go ahead and turn it over? It would make you look better yeah. if you're cooperating. I think that's what he's basically saying. All right, so we've talked a little bit uh, this week about the Greek, uh, the fires in Greece. And George was kind enough, uh, George, a listener out in Chicago area, um, he was nice enough to tell us that, you know, the fires seem to be strategically located to the point where it could be a, a concept of devaluing the land to make it more affordable for taking that land over and developing it for a whole host of things. It could be developers, it could be anything else. <clears throat> and uh, and it, it must involve arson is my concept. And that uh, Greece doesn't really have the resources to put out such fires. So that's kind of an interesting concept. It's, then I fell upon this, I wasn't even researching it, it just and fell into my lap. And it says, UK spends $2 billion, 2 billion pounds, which is more than dollars. So the United Kingdom spends 2 billion pounds destroying the forests for bioenergy, despite COP27. So they're destroying these forests that help with the CO2 because forests send out oxygen into the air and... Uh, Somehow they're killing the forests that help clean our air, right? I mean, isn't that what forests do? Yeah, that's part of their purpose. Um, despite its pledge to protect the forests at COP27, the UK has increased biomass subsidies for bioenergy by L2 billion annually, which involves mass deforestation. So the greenwashing effect, false renewable energy. The re so one of the things I think could be happening is the developmental areas 
could be for solar panels and windmills. Mm-hmm. Got to get rid of the trees. So we're going to go ahead and burn all the trees down and put in solar panels and windmills. And think about that for a second. You're getting rid of Mother Nature, which is cleaning our earth, so that you could put in a man-made inferior product, whether it's a solar panel that actually gets crushed and cracked up in a hailstorm, which they have in England, or uh, a windmill that requires, when it gets too cold in England, uh, that you need to diesel power them up to turn the windmills that kill the birds. I mean, this is just absolute maddening that the globalists are pushing this climate agenda to the point, uh, to this level. So um, I want to get into now uh, the subject of uh, the Democrats in favor of giving children hormone blockers. All right, so this was kind of an interesting... um, tidbit. Uh, one, you'll you'll be uh, shocked to hear that Jerry Nadler doesn't think that trans in sports is a problem. Let's take a look. The facts do not justify the fears that Republicans and their political allies gin up over the fairness of trans <clears throat> girls participating in girls' athletic teams, nor the further stigma it attaches to transgender children. <laughs> Overnight, he's just uh, th- this whole trans movement is destroying women's athletics. So this was Matt Gates. Let's take a listen to this. Ms. Scanlon, we just heard my Democrat colleague, Mr. Cohen, say that your circumstance could have been fully resolved if we'd have just had some barriers up in the, sh- in the women's showers. Do-, do you think that that's a sufficient way to resolve what we're dealing with here? So Cohen is this uh, libtarded congressman from Tennessee, mm-hmm. Memphis area. And wow, what a nut job that guy is, right? So he's basically saying, just put some barriers up. And uh, the thing is, is that he just answered his own question. Yeah. Why do you need the barriers? Let's take a listen. I think by um, Representative Cohen admitting that we need barriers acknowledges there are biological differences between men and women. And by acknowledging that we need to have private spaces that are separate from each other, why can't we just use the locker rooms that we've always used, the men's and the women's? If you're acknowledging that we need protection and privacy from these men, then you're acknowledging that the locker rooms we've always used are the correct ones. My next question is for uh, Shannon Minter. Are you familiar with the changes in law recently in Washington State regarding transgender youth? Uh, Yes. And uh, as I understand it, it used to be the case in Washington State that if a youth showed up at an emergency shelter, there was a legal requirement to notify the parent within 72 hours in the absence of some of the- so, so this new law puts a barrier between parents and under uh, and minors who feel like they want to get this mm-hmm. gender-affirming care. And the guy just basically stonewalls but doesn't really address the question properly. Um, and, uh, and then this, uh, this is comical. We're not going to play the whole three-minute clip. We're going to play a portion of it. This is a family, uh, libs of TikTok. This is a family fleeing Florida in fear because Florida banned an irreversible hormone treatment and sex change surgeries for minors. This is how demented and weird some of the people, some of the liberals out there, this was on CNN. It's warm place to live where we could get to beaches. 
I just never thought that I would have to flee a state for the good of my children. The SB 254, uh, this will permanent outlaw the mutilation of minors. I remember Tori coming to me one time and in tears, which she doesn't normally do. And I asked her what was wrong and she said DeSantis. And like the fact that a governor would be making my kid cry, that's a messed up government. I think that's a messed up child. Absolutely. If a governor can make your kid cry, it, you got a problem with the child, it not the governor. It boggles my mind the extent yeah. to which this transgenderism yeah. has been normalized. Let's continue here. We're absolutely moving because of the political climate and the laws in Florida. We didn't want to move. When the Florida Board of Medicine started meeting, and we realized that they were going to ban gender-affirming care for our kids that we might need to leave because that is life-saving, essential medicine and treatment for our daughter. I was very relieved when we decided to leave. I had never really heard that much about trans people. And, and okay, so that's a dude dressed up like a yep. girl. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable to hear these words come out of a human being's mouth. It just... I... The, the, that because they're banning sexual mutilization of children, we had to leave. Right. Well, and that's the problem is people are not calling it sexual mutilation. They're talking about how the yeah. child isn't being able to be the person they truly wish to now, be, which is, a, which is a bunch of balderdash. Now, here's Congressman Mike Johnson. He's going to play this clip. Let's take a listen to this. It is absolutely nightmarish and surreal. To hear the description the of House what these Judiciary people are Judiciary Committee holds hearing on gender affirming care policy. Doing to the policy. bodies of young children. Please play that clip, and I will say viewer discretion is advised. So 80% or so of my practice is gender-affirming surgery, um, so I do... So, so this is a doctor with pink hair, and most of his business is genitals. Facial chest surgery and genital surgery. Um, but the majority of my practice and sort of where my passion lies is really genital surgery cases. So I do a lot of vaginoplasty and a lot of phalloplasty. I would just say they're expanding in either direction. <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot of adolescents, um, presenting for surgical intervention, but also a lot of people that are like in their seventies, sometimes coming in for genital surgery and then everything in between, um, but the, the adolescents for sure present some unique challenges. Um, obviously, there's great evidence supporting pubertal suppression for a whole variety of benefits. Um, but the one thing that is very new is genital surgery in someone that has underwent pubertal suppression. Um, not so much an issue in um, someone with assigned female at birth anatomy that undergoes a phalloplasty because we're creating something with you know, free tissue transfer or flap anyway, but a much bigger issue for an individual that's undergoing a penile inversion vaginoplasty um, because we use all of that tissue to basically create the vulva as well as line the internal vaginal canal. And as a specialty, um, those of us that do a fairly high volume of genital gender affirming surgery, you know, we've maybe done a couple, a handful of pubertally suppressed adolescents as a field and no one's public. Well, in any case, um, it goes on, but uh, what what uh, Mike Johnson, Congressman Johnson's suggesting is they don't even know what the outcomes are. They, they're just going to go ahead and write it off to 
We'll learn. We'll, we'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens in five to six years. Basically, like the, the vaccine, it was never properly tested. They're allowed to do this treatment. Where's the FDA on this? Where is our government bodies that basically say we have to prove on lab animals because people aren't lab rats. Children aren't lab rats. Mm-hmm. We're allowing our children to be uh, mutilated right before our eyes. And so, you know, this is what happens when you have rigged elections and then you have a radical left-wing agenda ramming it down your throat because they know that they have a short window of time in power before things get really bad. So they're trying to, you know, push as much as they can through. Uh, Their green agenda. So I love this question this guy asked Greta Thunberg when she was before Congress. Let's take a listen. Ms. Thunberg, let me ask you a question. If you're sailing across the ocean and you're picking up trash along the way, and for every one piece of trash that you pick up, there's a boat right next to you dumping out five pieces, how would that make you feel? If you use that logic, then I am also dumping a lot of trash in the ocean. And uh, then I would... I would stop dumping my trash in the ocean and tell the other boat to stop dumping their trash in the ocean as well. And, 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 and that's, that's the important point here. I, I think that what we need to be doing is we need to be focusing on the countries that are dumping trash in the ocean. Of course, that's a metaphor. Uh, the fact that China is... Uh, here we are talking about reducing emissions, yet China, under the Paris Accords, are going to be increasing their emissions by nearly 50% five gigatons annually. So so while in the United States, we need to continue investing in innovative solutions and exporting clean energy technologies, it makes no sense for us to be doing it if we're simply watching for increases in in China. And see, that's just the point. And the reason why I thought that clip was valuable to this show is because I almost every day I'm referencing the Paris Agreement as you know, uh, basically pushing manufacturing to the east. And the smokestacks are just quadrupling. And in this case, it's a 50% increase in, you know, emissions in China. So it's, what's the what's the point of compromising our own interests for that of another? Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, Mayorkas was asked to rate himself and he couldn't even answer that question um this is about our open borders so uh this was uh from a ukrainian congresswoman uh victoria sparts mayorkas do you take full responsibility for all decisions of action and or inaction made at your agency do you personally take full responsibility for uh, For all of the decisions made at your agency I am the secretary of the department. So it means yes. I bear ultimate responsibility for the decisions made. Yes, okay. So you mentioned earlier that in your definition you have operational control of the border. Can you define what you mean by that? Uh, What we mean, um, because under the Secure Fence Act, it Uh means that not a single individual would cross the border. Under that definition, no administration has had operational control. <laughs> so the what way, number do you have? I, five million, ten, if less than five or ten, or less than a couple hundred thousand get away or more? I mean, what is your definition? What we do, uh, Congresswoman, is we Do you have look, a number? What we do is we look 
at the resources that we have available to us and ask ourselves, are we deploying those resources to achieve the most effective results for the American people? That is what we do, and we are hopeful, working with you and other members of this committee, to increase the funding for the Department of Homeland so, so Security. So fun. We hear so funding, we can... funding, funding, but I've been at the board and you've been at the board too. How would you grade your job from on a scale of zero to ten? How would you grade yourself? Congresswoman, I am immensely proud to so work. What, how would you grade yourself? Congresswoman, I am immensely proud to work with the men and women of the Department of Homeland Security. No, yourself, your, your job, not all of the women. I love a lot of, I'm sure there are a lot of great men and women in your department. How would you rate your job as a head of your agency? It is the honor of my From life. From zero to ten, so you cannot grade it. How, will, how would grade your preparedness to this committee meeting on scale from zero to ten? We ask information. You all these promises, letter. I'm not wasting my time. I'm sorry, I don't want to use bad word. What you can do with all this letters? Because we keep giving money and sending letters, and you tell us BS back. So, how would you rate yourself, your preparedness to this committee? It is the honor of my lifetime to work with the men. So from scale zero to ten, how would you say how prepared you came to this hearing? Uh, I will repeat uh, what I said. So you're not answering any questions. You are not answering any Republican question. Is it something that your intent to not respond to any questions of Republicans? You came with that intent. That is incorrect, Congressman. Well, you're not answering any questions. It is. I mean, I, every time I hear you say, we will, we will, we shall, yeah, I don't know. You don't, you don't know any numbers. You don't even know how many people you actually, you know, you, you prosecuted, how many people you deported, you're nothing. How can you say you know how you, your department is run? As executive, you don't know these numbers? Congresswoman, let me share with you. Well, you haven't shared anything useful here. Let me share I'm with sorry you. I, to tell you, I'll yield to Chairman Jordan because I'm not going to be wasting your time with this charade and circus. You do not have an intent to do that. And it is a serious national security issue. This border and cartels are stronger. A lot of money NGOs are making who knows what and probably a lot of corruption over there. And we have a national security crisis. And you're sitting here and saying, you know, looking at us with very smiley face. It's unacceptable. But I yield to Chairman Jordan. Wow. wow that was pretty powerful yeah uh it's just unbelievable to watch him and look that's about the open border we we're talking about uh climate look look at this this is a real quick excerpt here by uh randall carlson the climate right now is no warmer than it's been many times throughout history our our baseline is now the lowest the carbon dioxide has been in 600 million years As far as uh, temperature change, the IPCC's first report of 1992 showed that the medieval warm period was warmer than the present. Well, this didn't fit the narrative. So by the time the 1996 report came out, it was a a completely contrived graph called the hockey stick. So what they did was they got rid of the medieval warm period and the little ice age. and And, And they set the date to favor them. And then the other part is you got the Antarctic right now in the coldest time that it's ever been since 2017, and it's been on the deep freeze. Uh, In 2009, uh, uh, John Kerry said this. We have sea ice, which is melting at a rate that the Arctic Ocean now increasingly is exposed. In five years, scientists predict we will have the first ice-free Arctic summer. Well, that didn't happen. So they're just liars, right? They're just absolutely lying. Um, take a listen to this uh, to see how they control the narrative. Let's uh, listen. 
you know, we partnered with Google, for example. If you Google climate change, you will, at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of UN resources. We started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. So we, we're becoming much more proactive. Um, you know, we own the science and we think that the world, you know, should know it. And, and the platforms themselves also do. Um, but again, it's, it's, it is, um, it's, it's a huge, huge challenge that I think all sectors of society need to be very active in. So controlling all the information that we consume. So uh, I want to shift gears now and talk about, uh, Leonora, your, your latest article, which I thought was one of your best pieces of work. And we have um, about a minute, a minute and a half. Yeah, the movie that we are talking about is Barbie, and I went and saw it the other day, and I was pleasantly surprised because it was described as being as everything from a corporate commercial, you know, $100 million Mattel commercial to the fourth wave of feminism to yet another manifestation of wokeism because there is a transgender actor as one of the Barbies. But I thought it was really an analysis of feminism, an analysis, a discussion, a spoof of feminism. And I felt that the director, Greta Gerwig, who's one of the co-writers, along with her partner, Noah Baumbach, were looking at feminism and where we've come and basically questioning whether we've actually crashed that glass ceiling or not. I also thought the movie was hysterically funny. There was a lot of scenes where, I, while I was watching it where I burst into laughter and the performances of the leads Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling were over the top and both of these actors are very physical actors so they brought to their roles which are dolls a reality that you know a palpable reality so I was pleasantly surprised despite what what I had read from all the other critics ahead of time to be able to recommend this movie Wow. All right. How can people uh, take a read on that? They can visit spectator.org. Look for my name, Leonora Cravota, and you'll find all my work. Okay. Spectator.org. Also, I've been writing some articles. I wrote three articles that have been published so far. I've written five. Two are not out yet for AARP, who wants to actually move a little conservative, and that's why they hired me to write their articles. So, Google these, AARP, uh, The Benefits of Marriage, Scott Adams, AARP, um, Browser Extensions to Help You Save Money Online uh, by Scott Adams, and AARP, uh, Summer Freebies by Scott Adams. And you'll find my articles over at AARP. And if you're an AARP member, leave a comment. And... uh, be sure to check out magapack.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Make a donation if you can. It helps us keep this show commercial free. Also, use Red State over at mypillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time. Grab a shovel, take a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.